welcome to the award-winning show, Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. We returned for season six to answer the biggest question for a career military families. So when are we going to get out? And everything involved with answering this question. I'm Jen Amos, creator and co-host of Holding Down the Fort and a Gold Star family member and veteran spouse. And I'm Jenny Lynn Stroop, co-host and chief shower-upper here on Holding Down the Fort. Together, we will converse with special guests from and for our military community to share knowledge and resources and relevant stories on how we can best hold down the fort while on active duty, going through transition, and into post-military life. Now, let's get into the show. With the amount of crap that we endure, there's no reason why military marriages should not have the strongest, most sustainable relationships. A quote by Brie Carroll. Brie Carroll believes in strengthening military marriages so much that she founded Military Marriage Day, which takes place annually on August 14th, strategically six months after Valentine's Day. She shares a snapshot of what it's like to be a full-time entrepreneur how the Hearts and Stripes podcast was created from seeing a lot of her friends experiencing divorce, her relationship with her husband, her findings from the 2020 Military Marriage Survey, what to expect for this year's Military Marriage Day, and much more. Bree, it was an absolute pleasure having you on our show. Thank you again so much for joining us. And lastly, I want to take this opportunity to thank our show sponsor, U.S. Vet Wealth. A lot of exciting things are taking place with our company. We are starting to roll out an online community for our clients, our fans, people who are interested in working with us, and most importantly, for people who are interested in alternative career progression and financial strategies. So at the time that I'm recording this, our community is called the U.S. Vet Wealth Insiders Portal. And let me read a little bit about it to elaborate a little bit more on what we are building out here. And keep in mind, this is an ongoing project. Like I said, we are rolling this out slowly but surely. And if you are interested in even just checking out the early stages of this online community that we are growing for US Vet Wealth, go ahead and check it out at our website, usvetwealth.com, which is spelled U-S-V-E-T-W-E-A-L-T-H.com. And that's where you'll get a chance to learn more about this online community the U.S. Vet Wealth Insiders Portal. But a little bit about it is part of why we are creating this community is we want to provide resources designed exclusively for our career military retirees. Conventional programs and advisors offer a standardized approach to employment and financial education. With the U.S. Vet Wealth Insiders Portal, military retirees get free access to a safe, systematic, and alternative blueprint for post-military life and beyond. We provide privatized options, trusted resources, and mentorship vetted by fellow veterans so that you can make the best decision on your finances and your next career in post-military life. Now, like I said, this is an ongoing project that we are rolling out slowly and surely. And if you want to see the early stages of it, go ahead and visit our website now at usvetwealth.com. That's U-S-V-E-T-W-E-A-L-T-H.com. Now, with that said, thank you so much for listening. And now enjoy this conversation with Brie Carroll. Hey, 
All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode here at the award-winning show, Holding Down the Fort. I am your creator and co-host, Jen Amos. And what else should I say about myself? I feel like I always like give uh, Jen Lynn all the titles. Huh? What? You say the same thing? I do. I always say the same thing. What else? Oh, I'm a cat mom. I'm a new cat mom. I feel like I should add that to my title. It's interesting having a cat, by the way. Whole other conversation for another time. But yes, that's my new title of the day. I'm also a cat mom. See, that's that's great. Creator, co-host, and cat mom. Oh, look at there you. you. Damn. Excellent yeah. alliteration. Your yes. English teacher would be proud. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And, you know, as always, I have my co-host with me, military spouse, mama, two boys, mental health advocate, and Jenny Lynn Stroop. Jenny Lynn, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, glad to be here. And mine's alliteration too. It's all M's. Military spouse, mom of two boys, mental health advocate, also MSOY2022. There you go. Thank <laughs> you for saying that for me because I was like, how do I say it? Like, I mean, it's funny because I wrote it down for our guest here today, but I was like, oh my gosh, I really got to get better at that. But I should say Naval Station Norfolk because that would lead people to think that I was the military spouse of the year and I was not. I was yeah. the MSOY 2022 for Naval Station Norfolk. Yeah, which is a pretty big naval station anyway. So there you go. Um, but yes, happy to have you here as always. And we're excited because I always love when I get to chat with another podcaster because I just feel like it's just such an easy, easy conversation. So let me go ahead and bring her on. We have Brie Carroll, who was the 2020 Armed Forces Insurance Air Force Spouse of the Year. She was a civil engineer turned event planner. She is the owner of B. Carroll Events. And like I said, fellow podcaster, she's host of Hearts and Stripes podcast. Go ahead and check out that podcast. And also, I'm really excited. We're probably going to dive in. Like, this is probably going to be the majority of our conversation today. She is the founder of Military Marriage Day. So without further ado, Bree, welcome to Holding Down the Fort podcast. Yes. Hello. Hello, everyone. It is so exciting to be here on Holding Down the Fort. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Jenny Lynn. I'm excited to just share a little bit about all the things we can go wherever you guys <laughs> want to go on this conversation. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let me open up by starting with the fact that you are a full-time entrepreneur. Since we had last talk in your pre-interview, you were like, yeah, this is the first time I'm a full-time entrepreneur. So there's a lot that goes on with being a full-time entrepreneur. So yeah. why, don't you just give us, why don't you just give us a quick snapshot of what that looks like for you today? Yeah. And I'll take you a little bit back. So you mentioned in my bio, I was a GS for 11 years working for the Air Force as a civil engineer. A lot of what I did was project management, long range planning for the installation infrastructure, right? So still that planning had, I never really branched too far away from that. But my entrepreneurial pursuits came from just being the little helping hands for my mom, who was a part-time florist. So growing up, I would help her do events and things. So I add that creative side and passion that I had as a child to this planner mindset. And I did what I'd like to say, started my retirement job early. Oh, <laughs> yes. which, thank you to the military, because as we continue to move, I kept having to determine what I would do to continue my career. And as mm -hmm. much as I love working as a GS, I still advocate for spouses to get employed in the GS system, I'm working with like hiring our heroes and, and that type of thing for people to look into that career path, because I think it really is a great one. What we found or me personally, my spouse and I, when we were weighing with this new transition, we were in Minot, North Dakota for 10 months. 
It was amazing. I had my dream job. I was a supervisor for an operations squadron within the civil en- or operation segment within the civil engineering squadron. So I was over airmen and officers and civilians, which I love to pour into other people. So that really spoke to me. I was in my Wilson house, just knowing all things CE processes and getting things done on the base. And it just got to the point where Honey came and was like, you know, we thought we'd be here for three years. It's looking like 10 months and we have to do move ourselves because, Fun. you know, that was a whole thing in North Dakota trying to get movers. I started looking like, OK, I just figured I would transfer because at that time that was a GS-13 position. So that's pretty higher up on the GS scale trying to figure out, OK, going back to Barksdale, there are opportunities for a GS-13, but that just means I'd be working for the match versus a base level position. So at Barksdale, we're fortunate to have a numbered Air Force and a match and then the base who is the overall host location. So I was like, okay, there's opportunities here for me to maybe transfer into some things. And uh, for those who think just being in the GS life is just, oh, it's easy. It's just a quick transfer. You still have to wait for the positions to be open. And if you're thinking civil service, I'm going to say the nicer version. Typically, you have to wait for people to retire out of those spots. <laughs> the not nice version is you have to wait for them to die. <laughs> so it can be kind of tricky trying to find positions, even if you do have the comfort of being in a GS and you can kind of move around from installation to installation, but you still have to play the waiting game. And for those who know me, I am a mover and a shaker and I like to do things. So telling me that I have to sit on my hands for six months while I waited for a position or a role to open up and then I wasn't sure about would they allow me to telework or would they not? Because this is, again, still around COVID times where we have closures and stuff. Mm. I was very concerned about the flexibility and Mm. overall me being there for my family. We have three littles, eight, five and four. And my mm-hmm. husband was taking on a very demanding role within the MatchCom as well. So I didn't want both of us to be out of pocket. And we just really sat down and I said, hey, my side hustle is kind of turning into a full-time thing because as I wait to come on for my GS position, I just got three clients that are like mm-hmm. pretty yes. big deals. So we had the conversation. And again, I, I'd like to emphasize because y'all know how I feel about marriage, military marriage. <laughs> we were on the same page and making the decision and saying, you know what, let's try it. Now is the time since we know we'll be moving probably again next summer. And then you'd be sitting on your hands again, trying to find mm-hmm. something at the next installation. Let's go all in on you working this business. And that is really how I became a full-time entrepreneur. Because I intended to, I think maybe eventually I have intended to, but I feel like I was grateful that I had been building this business kind of in the background for the last five years, really, Mm -hmm. as like a part-time little side hustle doing onesie twosie type events. I really more so focused on weddings and serving those who are in the area. But as I transitioned to doing entrepreneurship full-time, now we do more B2B. So I work with other small business owners, life coaches typically thought leaders and authors who are putting on summits and conferences and retreats. And I'm really excited about the direction of the business. And I love how we were able to, as we transitioned in the military, I also got to transition to this new season of entrepreneurship. 
I think that's incredible, Brie. And I feel like the military life breeds entrepreneurs, you know, it does. especially with spouses. And, you know, you can go that direction of trying to find a career or like a stable nine to five career like Jenny Lynn is fortunate to have at the moment. And or you can go the other route of like, you know what, I'm gonna try to build my own thing. And hopefully it's something I can bring with me wherever we move to. And so I just want to say kudos to you. And I'm just incredibly impressed uh, knowing that you come from this background of being a civil engineer to becoming an event planner slash entrepreneur. I know you mentioned this has taken you years to do, but it's a process to be an entrepreneur. Yes. You know, like it's it's not like you wake up one day and, and yeah, sure. Some people say that they're an entrepreneur, even though they don't have a business or that they're not making any income yet. But the fact is that like, you know, I, I imagine that there was a lot of that mental shift to really get into that headspace of being an entrepreneur because it's a whole different mm-hmm. world. You know, yes. it's a whole different mindset, a whole different way of approaching things. So I just want to say kudos to you. I don't really know a lot of engineers who decide to become an entrepreneur one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and let me tell you, I love the direction of even that that thought process because it is challenging. Even running mm-hmm. a business, I have made a lot of mistakes as mm-hmm. an entrepreneur because I was still thinking from an employee or a supervisory mindset. Like, the government has is set up with all of these resources and processes. Some I wish they would update, but they are set up and established in these ways. Even though I'm like, hey, I've seen a system that kind of works. When you try to apply that to your small mm-hmm. business or your entrepreneurial venture, it doesn't work the same way. Like they are a big machine and you are just like a solopreneur. Yeah. Maybe you have like some subcontractors or you have one or two hires, right? And you want to grow strategically. So some of the things even that I've had to do here recently is I got with a CPA and we did some financial projections so I could truly see what of my mm. which one of my offers are truly making me the most money. What mm. can I anticipate moving out going from this year to next year to 3 years out is kind of what we projected. When could I switch over from being an LLC to an to an S corp where I am mm. now an employee of the business versus as an LLC, you're taking out an owner's draw. So we can nerd out about this, um, but without going through the down the rabbit hole, I do think it takes development. And I'm going to give a shameless shout out to AMC. I know Moni does a great job of equipping those who may be interested in going down that entrepreneurial path. Again, this is I'm a and type of girl, and. I believe, like I love Jenny Lynn, you have that full time. I encourage everyone out there, if you want to start something and you're not too sure about it, be an employee and have something on the side. Because I can attest to me feeling like this first year as a full-time entrepreneur being a successful one because I was slowly learning some of those hard lessons Mm -hmm. when I had a steady paycheck, like Mm -hmm. when I had something Mm -hmm. to fall back on. And now, even though it is still challenging, I'm still learning things because I honestly feel like with having the both, I -hmm. wasn't able to completely like jump out and say, I believe in me in this business model. And that has taken some mindset shifts now in this season. And I don't Mm -hmm. have the safety net, right? So Mm -hmm. it, it makes my decision making a lot different versus having that safety net. But I would highly encourage like, for everybody who's just like, quit your job, just go do the thing. I'm like, no, no, keep your job, build the foundation, uh, have a track 100%. record. Like, don't, yeah, don't just do if you don't have to. If it's by need, absolutely get scrappy. There are some people 
like the ladies that are here on this podcast who'd be willing to like share some insight with you on that. But if you don't have to, I would say build it while you are employed. I highly agree to that. Um, I got into entrepreneurship 12 years ago because I couldn't hold down a job. So my friends were like, Jen, I don't think you're meant for a job. I think you're meant to. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, you know, getting fired four jobs in a row consecutively kind of tells you something. So it took me a while to figure it out. A friend was like, Jen, like, I think, you know, the writing, the writing is there. (laughs) I love that, though. I love that. I'm really grateful to my friends to actually point that out to me because I think I honestly would have kept trying, you know, to work jobs. Mm. Um, But anyway, I'm just happy to be where I am today. And Jenny Lynn, I know that entrepreneurship is kind of a scary word for you. And I saw your facial reaction. Our listeners couldn't (laughs) see it, but I did. So I know you have some thoughts about this conversation. (laughs) Oh, I mean, I couldn't agree more with the like, step out and do the scary thing while also having the safety net. I think there were a mantra I lived by. It would be that. Not to nerd out about, you know, some mindset stuff, but I identify as an Enneagram six for those of you who are Enneagram folks. Our love language is safety and security. So you will not find me on the entrepreneurship billboard (laughs) as like the girl that did all the things without the safety net. You know, that being said, it is a scary word for me because I feel like I thrive in a system and then learning how to move in that system and make changes. I think, oh, shucks, I can't remember his name. But we we talked about um entrepreneurship where you're like working oh, yes. within the uh, company. And Jason I, Madden. Jason yeah, Madden. there you go. Thank you, mm-hmm. Jason. I was like, I can see him and all his things. That is where I've really learned that I thrive. But also that has enabled me to, you know, dip my toe in some stuff. Like I write. That's freelance. That's essentially entrepreneurship. It I is. make money when I publish things. Mm-hmm. But I don't do that full time yet. I don't have the time, space and energy to (laughs) write 2000 words for only a couple hundred bucks like as my main income. But it's a fun side gig, you know, this podcast, fun side gig that hopefully will, you know, monetize. Yes. Yes. There you go. go. But I love that practical perspective, especially for six. Shout out to all my threes who are out there listening. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I, I think. I discourage the conversations of like everybody should do and everybody yeah. should be. You really have to know yourself. And like I mentioned before, I didn't take this step alone. I knew mm-hmm. that right. taking the step with it to entrepreneurship was something that my spouse and I had to be agreed upon because now we are experiencing a lifestyle shift. I'm the yes. spender. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, honey, you have permission to tell me no on some things, right? <laughs> so because our lifestyle has shifted and we wanted to make sure. And let me also give you more of the behind the scenes, guys. This was after we did an intensive while we're in Minot, North Dakota. During those 10 months, we paid off all of our student loans and credit card mm. debt. The only thing that we had was a mortgage. And thankfully, the house that we would end up coming back to Marksdale and living in now. And then after we PCS here, we'll probably sell. And that's something that we can like use that money for wherever mm-hmm. we go next and wherever the Air Force decides or we'll just continue to rent until we decide mm-hmm. to like buy land and have our build our retirement home, whatever that looks yes. like. So we did work prior Mm -hmm. to, to kind of create some safety within Mm -hmm. making the scary jump of entrepreneurship. So Jenny Lynn, I completely agree with you. I don't think anyone should just hazardly just jump out and like do the thing unless their spouse and them are like, cool, do the scary thing and have no plan. I am a planner (laughs) by nature. 
So I had to have some structure around this decision as well. So I think that's good to acknowledge. Yeah. And in addition to that, I have yet to have kids. So I imagine that you have to be extra calculative to be an entrepreneur, you know, to consider your three kids and making sure that they have, you know, they're well taken care of, they're happy, they're, you know, you're not just trying to stretch a dollar to provide for them. So I imagine that that's also a huge factor into how, you know, you and your husband had prepared for your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. And the cheat code to that one is we basically looked at, can we live on one single income? If my business (laughs) did not produce for this (laughs) entire year, can we make that happen? And the reality is paying off all of our debts is the big key as to how we were able to do that because a lot of my check ended up being like fun money, saving money, extra investment money, right? So now that that GS position is not the case, the money that I am able to bring in and contribute to the household is like a, ooh, we got some extra because we plan to just live on that single income starting off. And everybody's budget and how they set that up will be different depending on like what you're doing. But I mean, Mm -hmm. ultimately, the goal for the business, and we're really close, is for me to replace that that nine to five income in year one and then year two Mm. scale from there. And I think that's the, the part that I guess people glorify a little bit about entrepreneurship. It does have to be calculated, but you create the ceiling for uh, if you're an entrepreneur, as mm-hmm. opposed to your nine to five creating that ceiling. I knew that if I continued to work a GS 13 and GS 14, y'all can Google it and look it up right now. You'll know how much my ceiling is versus mm-hmm. if I am doing a large conference style event, that annual could be the invoice that I'm sending them. Yeah. It's a big difference. And mm-hmm. I would create the ceiling and the bound the boundaries around what I will produce or will I, what I will not produce. But it, again, it has to be a calculated decision because it doesn't just impact me. It impacts my entire household. Yeah, I have to say, I absolutely love your approach working with my husband, even though we're in finance, ironically. <laughs> You know, it's it's the opposite of your situation is what I'm saying. And, <laughs> and you're kind of like, OK, like, you know, we got to you know, we got a plan. But he's very much like for forgiveness, not permission or let's, you know, kind of figure it out as we go. And so it, it definitely, you know, for me, it, it does cause like some anxiety sometimes. But at least right now, like I, I was in business for myself before I had met him. And what I have come to find is that at least in my uh, in my journey of being an entrepreneur, it's so much more fun and if anything safe like safer to be in business with someone. Now, of course, being with, you know, doing it with your spouse and doing everything with your spouse, you know, there's definitely a big learning curve for me to, you know, just do everything with him. Even though I'm really grateful that Scott like pleasantly loves doing life with me, like I like my space. Hence why I'm in an office. So, (laughs) you know, it's (laughs) it's a journey. And I just love that there are many roads to entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I especially love how you're talking about, you know, the importance of being methodical about it. Because like you said, Mm -hmm. there's this odd culture in entrepreneurship where it's like, quit your job or like, you know, jobs are bad. Nine to fives are bad. And unfortunately, when Mm -hmm. I first got into sales, that was that was the mentality was being taught. And man, like, I'm so glad that I'm not in that headspace anymore. I'm not in that environment to be like, hey, it's not for everyone. And if you want to get into it, it's okay to start with a safety net. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I just I love this conversation of entrepreneurship. And I imagine that our listeners will be a little inspired and hopefully reassured, especially Jenny Lynn, reassured that 
you know, entrepreneurship doesn't have to be, you know, taking that leap of faith and hoping that you'll, you know, have a comfy landing somewhere, who knows. But the fact that you can be calculative about it is awesome. I want to go ahead and shift gears here. And part of why you you and Jenny Lynn know each other is because you were the 2020 Armed Forces Insurance Air Force Spouse of the Year. So first and foremost, congratulations. I know it was like two years ago, but still, that's going to be part of you for like the rest of your life. So congratulations. Once you get the title, (laughs) it doesn't go anywhere. So because of COVID, I actually had the title for two years. So 2020 and 2021. So yes, that's not going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go. It should really say the 2020 and 2021. Yeah. Armed Forces Insurance Air Force Spouse of the Year. First and foremost, let me know about, let us know, what was that process to apply? Did someone nominate you or were you yourself nominated? And what was that feeling when you actually, you know, were chosen? So I stumbled upon this program actually in 2019. Mm. And I had a supervisor of mine nominate me for it. It just so happened that I was up against the amazing Julie Cooley here at Barksdale Air Force Base. I love her. She actually became the 2019 base winner. Mm. And she was like, okay, girl, we got this for you next year. What's up? So that just from that initial was just like, this is awesome. And and especially as she went through her year and was a part of the community, she was just like, you need to be in this room. Like, Mm -hmm. this is a room full of movers and shakers. You need to be in this room. And that's all she continued to say. I didn't know what that would look like. I'm like, okay, I'll be in the room with the Facebook (laughs) room. Yes, I'll be in the Facebook room, whatever (laughs) you say. COVID, so you're never in the room. Right. Right. So (laughs) the following year, we went through the whole process. And what the way the, the program is set up, typically you'll have, whether it's someone in the community It could be your installation leadership. They can nominate you. And then the person who was nominated has to accept the nomination. And then they fill out their profile where they're sharing their story as a military spouse. They're sharing what advocacy and volunteer work they do. They share what they're doing in the community, what they're Mm -hmm. passionate about and what they would do if they were given the overall title of being the military spouse of the year. So Mm -hmm. I filled out the package. I was just happy to be a part of the group in the part, you know, yay, I won for the base. That's awesome. And then they were like, hey, you made top three for Air Force. And I was like, oh, snap, what are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) Which again, another amazing group, AJ and Amber, love them so much. They were in the top three with me. And we were just really a diverse group, like all over the place. Love it. I love Amber because she's kind of been there, done that the year before. So she'd give us all the cheat codes of like what to expect. Nice. AJ, super calming, free spirited. And she was really the anchor for us to be like, hey, everywhere there can be some mean girl stuff. We're going to keep it together. And then whoever goes forward, we're going to immediately try to bring our group together so that we can have just this camaraderie and spirit. And I took that with me when we knew that I was the Air Force Overall, you know, I still did. We did let's talk chats together with the Air Force top three. So that was fun to where we could all kind of be heard and our advocacy and the things that we were working on could be heard. Shout out to AJ. She actually published a whole book during that time frame. So I was like, yes, girl. Wow. Love it. I I don't know how you did it, but I love you for it. So and then Amber did amazing work just in her own right with her advocacy. She was working for, I believe it's Barry Law for some time, just working on like veteran veteran issues and really 
um, just lending herself to that work. So that was amazing to see. And then as the overall for 2020, there was kind of a holding pattern trying to figure out like, hey, the world is closed. What do we do? Mm. So there was a lot of virtual opportunities. And honestly, it gave me the time and the space to kind of figure out like, and this is the other thing that I like to say about my year. I'm not a t-shirt wearer. Like if you just want me to like rah rah and wear your t-shirt, I'm not your girl. Like I, I want to roll up my sleeves <laughs> and I want to put in work and do stuff. And there's nothing wrong with those two because really this is a recognition for what you have already done. You don't have yeah. to do anything else. And I like to make people aware of that before they're like, oh, that MSOI program, they're going to make me do stuff. No, that is not how it works. <laughs> that is just my personality. Again, I'm a three. I don't apologize mm -hmm. for it. Right. So yes. I just wanted to go ahead and basically take the concept that I had from the Hearts and Stripes podcast, which is a podcast that I created out of just seeing a lot of our friends divorce in a year's time frame. That's mm -hmm. where the heart of the podcast came from of just like, let's just have some real talk, some conversations. If I can get people on here to share advice and resources so that if someone is going through something, maybe they hear something that can give them the, you know, the strength to like try something different or read the book or try the program whatever that looks like, it's mm -hmm. worth it to me. So the podcast was like that first block that was even before I was named or knew anything mm -hmm. about the program. And then now that I'm in the program and I'm like, hey, this provides a little bit of a higher platform. Let's mm -hmm. see how we can grow this thing. And I said, if they can have National Taco Day, then we can have Military <laughs> Marriage Day. <laughs> Love it. Right? It's a <laughs> holiday. Why not? We can do the thing. So year one, yeah. we did a virtual celebration. Well, actually, let me back up because most people don't know I had a virtual combat COVID summit and Dr. Gary Chapman of the Five Love mm. Language, he was one of the speakers on that. Yeah. And that was like the seed that was planted even before Military Marriage Day was a thing because I really just was concerned about the reports that were coming out of around that time that talked about <laughs> they were anticipating such high divorce rates after mm -hmm. the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So oh, yeah. that was the first like, hey, let me get a hold of people while they're like bored in their house and still figuring <laughs> out how to use Zoom and, <laughs> and getting Love in it. the place So we, we did the Combat COVID Summit. And then August 14th um, of 2020 was the first Military Marriage Day. It is strategically six months from Valentine's Day. So February 14th, you got August 14th. If you mess it up two times, guys, I don't know what to tell you. Like you get two <laughs> chances at this thing. So we have Military <laughs> Marriage Day annually on August the 14th. And it became a virtual celebration where we just wanted to rally people and really celebrate them. So this is my engineering brain. What gets measured gets managed. What gets mm. measured gets managed. If you are not measuring how your relationship is doing, if you're not measuring how you feel fulfilled in your relationship, if you are not measuring the last time y'all liked each other, right? It won't, <laughs> get, it won't get managed. So taking the idea from Hearts and Stripes podcast, putting it into Military Marriage Day, this is a celebration, a time for people to pause. Yes, to say, hey, I actually might like you today. Let's do a date night or let's, you know, a reason for people to get together. But not just that. I like to say, the smoothie is great, but we throw vegetables in there. We're going to tell you about resources. We're going to bring speakers on who can maybe speak to a need that you might have in your relationship. And we want people to be proactive in mm. supporting their relationships. Because let's be mm -hmm. honest, nobody wants to come on the microphone like this and say, hey, I'm struggling. My marriage is falling apart. Mm. 
And the last transition, like almost took us out the game. And like nobody mm-hmm. wants to do that. But if it's tied up in a nice bow <laughs> with some vibrant <laughs> colors, like military marriage day, they can come for some of those feel good moments, but they'll also maybe find that resource or that person that they can connect to to get help and support. I imagine that. I mean, your husband must be so lucky to have you because you guys just <laughs> oh, have this arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, yes. Like a three. <laughs> of course he is. Of course I he mean, is. <laughs> and I'm curious to know his take on, I guess, the original idea to actually creating Military Marriage Day. And before you answer that question, let me go ahead and give a quick shout out to our show sponsor, once again, U.S. Bet Wealth. So as I had mentioned at the beginning of this recording in the announcements, U.S. Vet Wealth is rolling out with a new free online community for career military retirees looking for alternative resources to professional development and financial strategies. I want to elaborate more on what I had shared earlier and talk a little bit about what you can currently find if you decide to join our free program, U.S. Vet Wealth insiders portal, which once again, you can check it out today by visiting usvetwealth.com. That's U-S-V-E-T-W-E-A-L-T-H.com. And as I mentioned earlier, it is an ongoing project. We are rolling out with it slowly but surely, but I am one who enjoys sharing things prematurely, especially for those who like to see the growth of a project. And this project is growing and it's growing fast. So if you are career military transitioning or you are a military retiree and you're looking for, like I said, alternative resources to financial education and professional development, what you'll find in the U.S. Vet Wealth Insiders Portal so far, and this is not limited to in any way because, as I mentioned, this is an ongoing project, we are offering a ton of free resources. So starting with the financial resources, we'll be sharing case studies, for example, of clients selecting a financial strategy from the private marketplace, meaning that they decided to explore beyond government options to see if there are other options that may be more suitable for their family. We also will be offering courses to help you make a more informed decision on military benefits, such as the Survivor Benefit Plan and Thrift Savings Plan, and also exploring what private solutions may be out there for you and your family. So that's a little hint on some of the financial resources we're sharing. In addition to that, we also are offering some free professional development resources. Some of the topics that we will be sharing in our professional development resources is personal branding, mentorship, financial strategy, career progression, and possibly a book club. So lots of fun things that we are hoping to roll out here on the U.S. Bet Wealth Insiders portal. Once again, if you want to get a sneak peek in the early stages of us building it out, highly recommend that you check out our company website, usvetwealth.com. That's U-S-V-E-T-W-E-A-L-T-H.com. And in the long run, we hope that providing this resource for free will give you a head start on wealth building, professional development, and most of all, inspiring the next generation of veterans. And I'm curious to know his take. I mean, you know, if you don't mind me kind of yeah, dragging him in go. here, like, what was his take on, I guess, the original idea to actually committing to creating Military Marriage Day? I think I love this question because most people think like they will end up seeing like me and him doing all the things. He actually mm-hmm. hates the camera. I had to like <laughs> trick him to being on my podcast. Like Love he it. is truly one yes. of those like background silent supporters. I remember yeah. I did. I was talking with 
the chief of the Air Force, Bass. And Honey had like a whiteboard in the background while I'm on Zoom, like, don't forget to tell her this. And he's like holding up a sign in the background. And don't forget, you got to tell her about the invite her to the podcast. Like he's in the background, like writing these messages. And I think that's a perfect example to just show how supportive he is. He is also shameless plug here. Like for this year, we're excited to not just do our virtual countdown, which will be August 7th through the 14th, but we'll actually do a live experience right here in the Shreveport Bossier area. And then we'll also have satellite celebrations that Saturday on August the 14th in Texas with the Tay and Chris Kyle Foundation. And then our other military marriage day ambassadors will have something in Arlington, Virginia at a winery. They're mm. so fancy. fancy. But <laughs> even for military marriage day live, like, no, he is not going to be on stage with a mic like <laughs> I will. <laughs> But he is my bass player for the live band that we have. Yes. Oh, nice. So it is that type of support. He's excited about it. He wants to keep seeing it go forward. He knows the goals that we have Mm -hmm. for Military Marriage Day. That's to get a presidential proclamation. That's Mm -hmm. to get a proclamation from all 50 states. That's to have a live event that moves annually. A lot of times to installations that people probably don't want to come to. I'm looking at you, Alaska. I'm looking at you, those bases that are in the middle of nowhere. That's Mm -hmm. where we want to go to have Military Mm -hmm. Marriage Day. To those depots, shout out to the Marines who are out there. Those hard locations, that's where we want to come to for Military Marriage Day and have those live events because they end up being free for the couples. So shout out to everyone who has a heart that is interested in being a sponsor for Military Marriage Day. We want these experiences to be free to our service couple so that they can come in, they can have a date night, they can get equipped so that they have that transformation even beyond the room. Because what I like to say, it's more than just a holiday. Military Mm -hmm. Marriage Day is maybe just somebody's starting point to start having these conversations Mm -hmm. about intimacy, about finances, about transition, about deployments, about self-care and how you have Mm. to show up for yourself before you can show up for a relationship. It's just the starting point. And I'm just excited to be doing the work and him supporting makes it that much easier. Yeah. And I, I think every couple is different. I mean, just because like you created Military Marriage Day doesn't necessarily mean I mean, I'm sure I imagine there's some people that sort of expect that that you should be like side to side and take photos together and talk together and yada, yada, yada. I, bri- I bribe um, him for the photo shoots too, guys. <laughs> love it. I bribe him for that too. There you go. <laughs> I love the example that you and your husband are setting. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I thought I would ask this. And then I want Jenny Lynn to ask any questions because I've been talking here. D- what is your husband's uh, Enneagram type? I'm just very curious to know. You know what? This is another <laughs> example of us. I tried to get him to take strength <laughs> finders and Enneagram. You know, I'm still waiting on that. But <laughs> I'll have to see. I don't want to like type him on my own. But I'm just like, yeah, all yeah. your strengths are probably the complete opposite of mine. Mm-hmm. But it balances out. And that's kind of what I love about our relationship that as similar of a life experience and stuff that that's like why we brought were brought together we met in church like i was a vocalist for praise and worship he was playing in the band like we have so many common things in sister and brother sorority and fraternity like really care about family like we could literally just do like family vacations like 365 and we'd be down like just hang out with just different sides of our like we love that stuff but for all of the things that we have in common we are so opposite 
I am the outgoing one. I'm the more rowdy one. I'm probably going to be the life of the party. He's going to be like, <laughs> he, will, he will step out of his shell, though. Like, let me not. Yeah. Don't get fooled because we will cut run together. <laughs> but he is more of the introvert. He's more of the, you know, I'm I'm cool with just staying at home and, and laying back. And if we didn't take over the world today, it's fine. I think the fact that you mentioned you were a vocalist and he was playing bass. I think that's the personality test there. It's like if you were in a band, who would you be in the band? You are the vocalist. Makes sense. Extrovert out there, the bass yeah. in the background, but still adds a lot of oomph to the oh, overall yeah. performance. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Oh, man. I love the whiteboard thing. Um, I was thinking, gosh, that's such a Matthew Stroop move. Like <laughs> that man loves a whiteboard almost yeah. as much as he loves me. And he is definitely <laughs> the person that when he knows we're talking to somebody in particular on the podcast or I'm doing something that day has made me a sticky note or a list and gone, hey, don't forget this. Or did you read up on them? Or did you like? Yes. And he's very good about that. And, you know, we're actually a lot more similar outwardly, I think, especially the older we get. Like, we basically do the same job, PR and communications. And so we're both very personable and we're probably the last people standing in a room and you know there are a lot of things like that alike but he is an enneagram eight i did Mm. finally the trick for him was that i just continued to listen to enneagram podcasts like out loud not in headphones just like enough that he finally came home one day and he's like I feel like I've heard Ian Cron's voice more than yours because it's always on and so he just kind of started learning the things And now we both get a daily Enneagram email that has like a daily thought for my type and for his type. And it is extraordinarily helpful. Like nothing has helped us in relationship as much as knowing like what makes us tick. For those listening, I'm taking notes. You should take notes. (laughs) Wear them down by playing the podcast and then... That yeah. way they are more open to doing the test. I'm totally doing this. We're doing this. He's going to be like, why are you <laughs> blasting this on the speaker? It's, it's you know, I just thought you would want to hear it. Just Yeah. yeah. Or just we like, oh, totally my earphones some- aren't working. <laughs> yeah, We can totally put some recommendations in the show notes. I have plenty. I have been reading and listening for probably five or six years now. And so I've done a lot of work. Subsequently, Matthew's done some work. Like, and so we know yeah. and it's been super helpful, which, you know, and it, I said it's probably the best thing. It goes hand in hand with us for both counseling and intensive counseling. Military marriage isn't easy. And I, yes. I really appreciate the fact that you looked at like this thing that kind of looms over all of us in the military community is like, hey guys, it's just a, known fact that we're all going to divorce a lot more than our civilian counterparts. And it's just this thing that's kind of accepted because this life can be really challenging, you know, and that you took that and went, I don't want that to be the continued story. I really appreciate that because I mean, I have not done that publicly, but privately, like it has been such an important factor in my own life that we put the work into our marriage. You know, somebody asked me a while back, like ages ago, I was like a mops, mothers of preschoolers leader at a local church. And, you know, somebody was like, well, they asked me about parenting. And I had first had this like total flush of shame of like, oh my gosh, I don't have anything to say because my mindset 
through my whole like military marriage and family life has been we had to be on solid footing as a couple and everything else had to follow. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes is a really unpopular opinion. I love it. That's my favorite opinion because I literally agree with you everything. Mm -hmm. And we talked about entrepreneurship. We we even went mops. That's parenting. Literally, that is the tone for military marriage day. If you could just fix this one thing, it's almost like rising tides. If you could just fix that one area, Mm -hmm. everything else comes up with Mm -hmm. it. Everything else falls together. Like (laughs) I want people, especially in this military community, I have the belief that we will either be on one or two sides of an extreme. We will either be that statistic that says, oh, military couple. Yep. They're probably going to divorce and they're going to remarry two and three times. And for those who that is your experience, I hope that you are really leaning in so that you can strengthen the marriage that you're in right now. If that Mm -hmm. is you. On the other hand, I believe that pressure makes diamonds. There is no Mm -hmm. reason with the amount of crap that we go through (laughs) why we should not have the strongest, most sustainable relationships Mm -hmm. because we endure so much. And I think that is why I am so passionate about it because I truly see, like, even when we look at, if you look at Blue Star families, if you look at any of like the top stresses for Mm -hmm. our military community and you compare that to top stresses in life, those things are the same. It's your Mm -hmm. separation, it's loss, It's transition, moving, moving, (laughs) right? Those are the things that are our norm. So Mm. we should be the ones who are figuring it out and able to show the world like, hey, we do this every three years and this is how we do it. And that is what I would love Military Marriage Day to be a catalyst for. Not to say that it was easy why we did it, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's not the case either. When we were working on the brand for Military Marriage Day, I literally surveyed a a, a group of... (laughs) military spouses. Some of them were salty spouses and some of them were new. And and it was great because the feedback that we got, I said, how would you describe a military marriage? How would you describe your military relationships? Some people said dumpster fires. Some people <laughs> said um, all types of craziness, Good. right? But I, the fate, my favorite one and really the overall trend for all of like, some were like super passionate and some were mm. like, I'm just holding on by a thread. The one that really like, and it was reinforced again and again. They said it's a roller coaster. There's ups yeah. and there's downs. <laughs> but a lot of what people are saying, and it even showed up in our military marriage survey, but people are still hopeful about the journey. People are still excited <laughs> to Aww. be on the ride. So Love that's that. why Military Marriage Day, you'll see the branding is a lot more fun and vibrant, like a festival. And it has to do with like that roller coaster um, ride that we're on. Because at the end of the day, we can truly be a model for other people who are like, this is hard. Like when the world shut down and the pandemic, yeah. people were like, oh, I have to do things virtually. I have to figure this out. Baby, we've been doing this for how many years? <laughs> Y'all better catch yes. up. We didn't figure this out time and time again. Oh, everything's shut down and you don't have access to resources. Welcome to the party. Like we've been figuring this stuff out. So I yeah. think yet again, like the pandemic allowed us to kind of like dust our shoulder off a little bit and say like, yeah, we've been there, done that. We figured it out with our marriages. And as we continue to strengthen our marriages, we too can be an example to say we do hard things. And this is how we're able to power through and get on the other side of an active duty service and still like each other and still be excited to spend this next chapter together. 
Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And I love that it's, you know, branded as like a festival celebration to show the fun that can be there. And also with that sentiment of like, hey, we can be a model for this, but not as a like, Mm -hmm. we are better than right our civilian counterparts but we just have a ton of experience like you know in my job a lot as a mental health advocate for the cohen veterans network like i tell people all the time like what is so different about us and and the reason i really love what i do there is that everybody is trained in military cultural competency which matters. Trust me when I tell you that I have been to every brand of counseling out there. And the ones that know military life are the best fit for my family Mm. because we don't spend our first four sessions explaining what our life looks like. Yeah. And, you know, that I think is the gift that like military spouses and families and marriages can bring to the world. Like, If we had 30 minutes right now, I could give you the brief 13-year history of Matthew and Jenny Lynn Stroop (laughs) as a married couple, and you would go, you've only been married 13 years? And I would go, yeah, and it feels like about 40 lifetimes (laughs) because it's all so compressed, but there is such wisdom and experience to be gained there and shared, um, you know, that I love that that is part of the catalyst of this is like, how can we take our strength. Because I do think sometimes the narrative is, oh gosh, it's so hard being a military spouse. And to be clear, it is. It is. We're gearing up for a deployment right now. It doesn't feel good at my house mm-hmm. right now. Like mm-hmm. nobody is in their right mind. Right. Everybody's having a lot of feelings. <laughs> and also like the strength and wisdom and experience that I have from being a military spouse is very different than something I would have gained from anything else. Right. No, I completely agree with that, which is why the heart of Military Marriage Day is storytelling. We mm-hmm. want to highlight couples who are comfortable with sharing their stories, the struggles and the high points, because I think it is something powerful when you can integrate storytelling into it makes it real. It, it puts mm-hmm. a face behind mm-hmm. Just, you know, us waving a flag and saying happy military marriage. Like that's not (laughs) great, but that's not the heart. And and that's not what we wanted it to be built around. We wanted it to have this sobering reality. I love that we had Krista Simpson come on and talk about Mm -hmm. her loss and losing a spouse Mm -hmm. and then finding joy Mm -hmm. in remarrying. And this year we'll have Kristen Christie who will talk about some sobering stats that has to do with the tie between suicide and relationships. A lot of our suicides that we have been seeing in the force are tied to relationships, Mm -hmm. which is why we want to get this relationship piece right so that Mm -hmm. we can also save lives. Like there are some things in here that it's not just all sunshine and rainbows. And I'll be honest, when I started venturing out for Military Marriage Day, I kind of wanted it to be because I was tired of those sad stories of mm. always like, this is hard. Yes, I know it's hard, but can we, try, <laughs> right? Like, can we throw a party though? Like, can we, yeah. can we have, and I think it's the balance. It's the both. We need both. We need mm. the reality of what are the stats saying? What does our community need right now? And not just what we're being told that we need. We need to lend our voices to that which is why we have that military marriage survey that comes out every year. I want to hear from the people themselves. Tell us where you're struggling. Tell us why you're struggling. What are the most common things that you're arguing about? Is it employment? 
is it that you like is your biggest argument because you can't get the health care that you need for your child? Like there are so Mm -hmm. many outer impacts, right, that impact our relationship. And until we can start pinpointing, maybe it's a specific location like this duty station takes people out. Like we need to figure (laughs) out what that looks like, seriously, or we're not going to move the dial on military marriages. So, again, it's both. It's sharing those joys and celebrating the the longevity of couples who can be an example and also grabbing the hand of the person next to you to be like, look, we argued last night too. chill out. It's all right. Mm -hmm. You're Mm -hmm. not alone. Yeah. You know, one thing I really appreciate about some of the guests we've had on our show is that they would be just so open and candid about like, yeah, I had an argument with my husband the other day or, you know, we're kind of, you know, or I'm really reconsidering being a military spouse, you know, like just those real raw conversations. I I love how you say that um, military marriage day is all about storytelling because it really does. You know, one thing we we love doing on the podcast is humanizing the military experience, you know, and so I just think that's incredible. One thing that I want to mention also is that the number one benefit is that it doesn't just help the marriage. It helps the service overall. In your 2020 survey, in the conclusion, one of the things you mentioned is that when the marriage is strong, the service member tends to be higher functioning and effective. Uh, Can you elaborate more on that? Absolutely. I think the research and the data often points to a lot of big tie-ins, big headliners. And that is one that we absolutely want to emphasize, especially Mm -hmm. for our armed forces, as we reach out to leadership and say, hey, pay attention to this because it matters. This becomes a retention focus that they can point to. And and also, if you're going to put out campaigns and say that you care about families, Mm -hmm. let's pinpoint what the heart of the family is, and that's the marriage. Every Mm. family in the military does not have children. Every family, family, in the military does not look the same way. But the heart of that is marriage. And Mm -hmm. until you can start saying that you care about that and how that person interacts with their home life in that relationship so that they can show up for the mission in a better headspace, feeling Mm -hmm. supported, having what they need, they show up for us in the Air Force, they show up as better airmen. And then Mm -hmm. another part that we didn't emphasize in the survey, but it's something that I would love to see if we can pinpoint and get more data points around is the impacts of a divorce. Oftentimes, Mm -hmm. people just think like, oh, Susie and John split up. No, Susie and John split up. And now if they have kids, now they're figuring out finances Mm -hmm. for the kids. And now the school system now needs to figure out and change paperwork and does processes. And now his boss also needs to go in and do paperwork and change. And now we have to go to legal. And now legal Mm. has to stop. How many people are impacted from one divorce? That is the bigger picture, especially when it's something that's handled on our military installations. It Mm -hmm. impacts like, okay, now not only are we not just like Susie and John, right? How many people connected to John now need to be there and make sure he's okay? Yeah. Right. How many days off does he now need to take, rightfully so, for dealing with this life change? Mm-hmm. It impacts the day-to-day mm-hmm. of the person. And when people can start seeing this bigger picture of this impact, positive and negative, then I think we'll really get more steam and momentum behind people supporting Military Marriage Day, which is why that survey exists. I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing more of that research because even I myself, admittedly, 
didn't even think about the ripple effect of what divorce would bring. We often just think about, oh, the couple, so-and-so and so-and-so broke up. But really the ramifications, like who it impacts the community, you know, the kids, mm-hmm. like you said, yeah. family members, like it really impacts everyone. And it, it whether it's positive or negative, everyone gets impacted by it who knows this couple. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't know how many awkward moments, like let's make it real practical here. You don't know how many <laughs> awkward moments we've had with having people who we call this is our military family. Now they are separated. Now we are figuring mm. out like, do we do dinner with this person? Do we do dinner with that person? Yep. Do we need to cross check and make sure that's still good? Like there is an impact outside of just the couple. And yes, it is the decision of the couple to make because I also want to emphasize here that this is military marriage day where we believe in strengthening military marriages. We want healthy marriages. If you are in a situation that is not a healthy marriage, Military Marriage Day would also encourage you to get Mm. into a healthy situation, even if that means you being by yourself. So we are not saying Mm -hmm. that we are against divorce. I think there are situations, Mm -hmm. and I do want to emphasize that there are situations Mm -hmm. where that is the answer, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. That's the reality. But we hope that through this data, through holiday itself, and through the continued efforts with our resource hub, And with bringing in speakers that for those who are just like, we are in a funk, can Mm. we fix this? Let's reattack how we could maybe get better on this thing. Those, that's who we're holding out hope for. And for those who are in more life-threatening or more traumatic situations, we also want to point them to resources that can get them in better situations because ultimately, especially if you feel like you are a person that wants to be married, we want your next marriage to be successful, right? And that's why we link up with clinicians and counselors so that you can do the work on yourself so that you can show up better for whatever is in the future for you too. Man, Military Marriage Day is so well-rounded, Brie. That's just incredible. It's partnerships. It's partnerships. No, I don't want anybody to feel like we do it all by ourselves because the reality is in this community, there's tons of resources, right? There's Mm -hmm. tons of things. And I think it's really our job to just connect the dots for people because when they're in a state of chaos or they're arguing or they they feel hopeless, nobody wants to take the time to have to connect the dots on their own. So I just love that you know, even addressing the hard, the hard parts of a relationship and saying like, hey, just because you're, you know, experiencing a really hard time in your relationship, it doesn't mean it's the end of the relationship, like there's ways to work through it. And so I just I love just bringing that to light and saying, hey, it's normal, this is a thing. And there's solutions to it. And here they are, here are the resources, here are the partnerships that we have available for you. I mean, I just I Second, that I love how well-rounded this is. And and it reminded me of a couple things. One, Bria, I appreciate that you, you know, said like, hey, look, if you're in like a domestic violence abuse mm-hmm. situation, like this is not the day that's going, just stay in that. Like, no, 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 no. we have resources because that is unhealthy for you and every, you know, again, that has third and fourth order ramifications for people involved. So I love that you point that out. The other thing I was reminded of is when we are able to bring our full and honest open selves to the table and go, this season was really hard. 
this season was a little better. This was really shitty. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and then this was really great. It reminded me, I think it was a pastor. Somebody was like, he was doing his sermon one morning and he's like, yeah, I mean, I've been married 14 times. And you could just feel like the whole congregation go, oh, and he's like, to the same woman. But admit, like they'd been Love married it. for like 50 years. Wow. And he was like, we have grown and changed as individuals. And I think the tendency today because we have such an instant gratification society is that when there is growth and change and you don't look like the 25-year-old version of yourself that met, whether physically, mentally, emotionally, the immediate feeling is check out. Like, this feels weird. This feels odd. This isn't great. I don't know what to do with this. I'm not sure I really know you or like you today. (laughs) All valid. And also feelings aren't facts and like that growth and change, the more that you can come together and have those conversations. Like there are a lot of buzzwords Bree said that are like hard place in marriage. Finance, number one. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. and let me go on record as saying that is a hard one for the Stroop household and has been for years. Me too, right? Me too. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like that's where we've had to put in the work, like to mm-hmm. communicate effectively and then be able to take it there. Like, let's be clear. We didn't start there. We started communicating about the little things. Mm-hmm. I like the coffee pot washed at night. He doesn't care if it is. Like, and oh but God. it is really those Late. little things that lead to those bigger buzzwords that are where everything seems to fall apart. But I think often about what our pastor said about being married, you know, 14 times and all to the same person because you want that growth and change. Like at the end of the day, if you are still your 25-year-old self, which is how old I was when I met my husband, like. Gosh, yeah. I look at that girl and go, who was that? Yeah. I mean, I'm 40 now. And I'm like, oh, man, what so was much thinking, has changed. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Bad idea. <laughs> no. Yeah. You know, and then the other thing that this same pastor kind of always reiterated was like, every time they hit a milestone, they would say like, next 10, best 10. And Ooh, so like, that's that is good. something that, you know, with myself and hitting 40 this year, like, you know, for me personally, that was a thing, but also in marriage. I mean, Matthew and I've been married 13 years now. And when we hit our 10th anniversary, let me be clear, it was after an extraordinarily rough season Mm. and a long, rough season. It was not short. And we had had the benefit of hearing that sermon and going, okay, next 10, best 10. And it was a little shaky. And we were kind of (laughs) like, hopeful, but it's, you know, we continue to put in the work. And I just I appreciate that this day and the sentiments behind it are about not just, hey, let's celebrate for the sake of celebrating, but let's put in the work to make sure we have the thing that we want to last. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that, Jenny Lynn, because I think that's the reality that people need to hear. They need to hear that like the tough times might be a long season (laughs) that we're clawing out of And we're still going to even hesitantly say we're going to keep doing it. And I think Mm -hmm. that is the reality of this journey when it comes to marriages, which is why I'm excited about the 2022 theme for Military Marriage Day, which is grow. So all Mm. of the talks and things that we'll be sharing on has to go around that theme of grow. I'm definitely going to have to borrow that next 10 best 10 for sure as we approach our 10 year. But just just so that people understand, we try to have a re- well-rounded platform 
We have Courtney Boyer. She does talk on sex and intimacy. And also, let me back up before I start rattling off names. One of the things that we're going to do for our virtual countdown is follow the Five and Thrive framework that was put out, that was actually put out by Chief of the Air Force Brown Spouse. So Mrs. Shireen's, she put out Five and Thrive. It looks at five focus areas that impact our military families. And you can check out that at fiveandthrive.org. But we are going to look at our virtual countdown and each day we're going to pinpoint those five areas because they're key impact areas and we're going to relate that to the marriage. So we will be talking about child care. We will be talking mm. about health care as it relates to the impacts on a marriage. We will be talking about spouse employment, right? So we're going to be diving into these factors because again, these are outside factors, but they really do impact our marriage relationship. So I'm excited. Courtney, I was mentioning Courtney Boyer. She is going to be talking sex and intimacy. She'll be sharing on our education day because it goes back to what Jenny Lynn's point is. As you grow over time and you change, you have to relearn some things about your spouse in the area of sex and intimacy. There, we said it. It's not always <laughs> going to be the same for three decades, guys. You're going to have to keep figuring it out and learning something new. So we want to approach this very practically so that you can have takeaways for whatever stage in marriage that you're on. I love that uh, Juvelin and Martin Garcia, they're going to come back and they'll be our Military Marriage Day Countdown Ambassadors. They're going to be doing our morning Revly and they'll be sharing like what the highlights are for each day and the topics that we'll be diving into. But one of the things that they highlight on their platform is just making date nights regular. Like, mm. I don't know about you, but that's something that everybody can take away from and just try and be a little more intentional about. So I hope you guys join us for Military Marriage Day, the virtual countdown, like I mentioned, August 7th through the 14th. You can find us on Instagram at Military Marriage Day, Facebook, and even our YouTube channel. We'll actually be putting out all of the talks on YouTube and on Facebook. So you should be able to catch that live or watch the replays there. All free set up for our community because again, the effort here is to get the message out to get our service couples, the resources, the advice, and that realness that they need so that they can continue to strengthen and grow their military marriages. Brie, this is your podcast today. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, she got into the call to actions. Like, I'm just hanging out. I'm having a good time just listening to you. And you clearly are a podcaster. Yes. (laughs) I love it. I love this. I love this platform. I love podcasting. I love being around podcasters because like you said in the beginning, easy conversation. It yeah, just it's too easy. And we can go down a million different rabbit oh, yeah. holes, guys. So stay tuned. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things that Jenny Lynn and I enjoy doing is bringing back past guests to the show. So, you know, Brie, you're part of the Holding Down the Fort family and whoop, whoop. we'll be in touch to check in. Speaking of which, I want to start, I want to wrap up with, you mentioned this a little earlier, what are some of the stressors of relationships? And one of the big ones is transition. And so, and I know that's where you and your husband are at right now is planning for that. And so tell us a little bit about that journey right now and how that is impacting your marriage. I have a saying that I kind of like to dangle out in front of situations like transition. (laughs) And it's you don't get ready, you stay ready, right? I Mm, feel like we should always Mm. be prepared for transition. And I think it's when we act like it's not going to happen. It's when we get in the most trouble. Mm. And when I mean like 
staying ready for transition, I'm talking about the C word, communication. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't wait to until a deployment or you shouldn't wait until a TDY or you shouldn't wait until a PCS to say, oh, you remember that credit card bill? I actually have this much on. Like, don't wait oh, to have, yeah, been there, done that. I'm telling on myself, guys. But <laughs> don't wait until these timeframes to have these conversations that are very necessary. I think if you mm-hmm. continue to check in, you continue to have good communication with your spouse about how you're feeling. Is the mission like causing extra stress? Is that why mm-hmm. he or she is more snappy? Like, are mm-hmm. the, do you not feel supported at home? Do you feel like, you're not sharing the load of parenting and decision making. Do you feel like they're always stepping on your toes in these things? Like that really is what will set you up for transition the most. It's not mm-hmm. getting your boxes and your sticky notes and all the like, yeah, that's that's nice. That's the outward things that we just have to do and those things will get done, whether it's a moving company that does it or you have to do it. But mm-hmm. when I say staying prepared, it's are you taking care of yourself? Are you checking mm-hmm. in? with mental health? Or do you need to go out and get someone that you can talk to, whether that's an implant or you go out, you know, you go out of pocket to find someone you feel comfortable with talking to regularly? There are tons of resources in that area. I'm sure Jenny Lynn can give you a ton, right? So that is what I mean when I say stay ready. It shouldn't be, we are about to transition and now I will start having transition conversations. It is (laughs) <laughs> how is how, right? It is. How are we doing? If everything and I love this conversation that comes up in our household because right now we're in this interesting season where Honey is a pilot, so he has a ten year commitment. He's coming mm. up at the end of his ten year commitment. Mm-hmm. Our friends are texting us about a pilot shortage and if he's going to go fly for Delta so that they can be on our buddy pass. Like it's just crazy <laughs> town right here. He's trying to determine if he's going to stay in and do the whole tw- like. We have those conversations regularly, though. We're not going to wait for one shoe to drop to drop to have that conversation. We're not going to wait until, hey, we're up for a school selection. And what do you think? Like, we've already had the conversations. And I feel like because we have already prepared in those ways, if he got called into the office and was like, hey, Carol, I need you to tell me right now what your next 20 years looks like. I'm very confident that he could say everything and I would not object to any of the things that he said because we've already talked about it. He can make those off the cuff decisions. Same when I am home and it's just me and the kids winging it or I have the support of like my mom who's here now. Shout out to your mom and my (laughs) mother-in-law who will come and check in. Like I know what Donovan would prefer in certain Mm -hmm. situations because Mm -hmm. we've already prepared. So That is my biggest tip as it relates to transition. Always stay ready. Don't get ready. Stay ready. I really am in admiration of your just presence, you know, just being present in your Mm -hmm. day to day and normalizing conversation and communication with your husband. So I'm just, you know, kudos to you, Brie. It's a work Um, in progress, guys. We don't want to look. And we're still working. I love how Jenny Lynn talked about that early on, too. Like, what you see here is <laughs> due to getting beat up about some things a couple of times, beating myself up about some things <laughs> a couple of times, like messing it up. And I just felt like I don't want to be, and it's intentional. You have to make the choice. You can choose to let this military life happen to you. You can choose 
to have a sucky transition every time. Or Mm -hmm. you can choose to do something differently, to be proactive, to communicate with your spouse, to pull teeth and getting answers on some things sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. You can you mm-hmm. can make that choice too and then see which outcome you prefer. But I mm. can tell you on this side of things, I love that we are proactive in our communication, that we stay ready for transition. Like honey could come home right now and say, guess what? We're moving to something. And <laughs> I'd be ready to pack that box because we've already had the conversation and I'm already, and that may be partially to my planner brain. So if you don't have that planner brain and you might need to sit in a corner and sulk for a little bit, guess what? That's okay too. But let your spouse know that that is who you are. I think mm, that is yeah. another part because I can only answer from like my perspective of like, yep, we're going and now I'm in planner mode. But for the person, like I love talking to Corey Weather. shout out to her. She'll also be on the Military mm-hmm. Marriage Day platform this year. But Corey needs to process. And I love that about her. She is not a, oh, shoot, you dropped the bomb and I'm good. Like she needs that time. But I also love that she communicates with her spouse and he understands Mm. that she's going to need time to process, that she's going to maybe drag her feet a little bit here, you know, until she gets into the, okay, this is really happening. Like talk to your spouse about you. That is the big part. And ask them, what do they need too? Because they may Mm. be trying to be a quiet storm holding everything together and they could be freaking out, too. And they might just need, you know what, honey, just just go have lunch with the guys like just (laughs) just go just go go somewhere, you know, just I don't know, go go play (laughs) basketball, whatever y'all do. I don't know what y'all do when y'all like just just go decompress, do some guy stuff. I don't I don't know. But maybe they may need that, too. And that's a part of that staying ready of knowing each other. And it goes back to that Enneagram. So, you know, shameless plug, check out the show notes. But that <laughs> has a lot to know to do with knowing your partner and really being there to encourage them, even when you see that they're not doing what they need to do for them. Be that person that can be like, hey, trying to be yeah. a good wingman here. That's what we say in the Air Force. I'm trying to be a good wingman. You Mm. look like you need a snack. You need a smoothie. (laughs) You need a vacation. And I'm reminding you that you need to do that for yourself. And as you do that for them, you'll be surprised when it's reciprocated for you. Well, I think it is extremely fitting that you are the founder of Military Marriage Day, Bree. So just thank you for thank you for creating it, for birthing it. (laughs) Um, You know, you and your husband and no labor pain and stretch marks on that one. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. For the win. For the win. And now I know for sure why you are the 2020 and 2021 Armed Forces Insurance Air Force Spouse of the Year. So well done. Thank you. I love all of this. Bree, thanks again for coming on. Like, you know, we didn't really get into how Bree and I know each other and really... It came from a night of like four women in pajamas after extraordinarily long conference days, passing around a massage gun for sore muscles yes. after Marine Corps OCS. We're so stuck that's for life. Where, We're stuck yeah. for life. <laughs> we know things about each other now that, you know, not everybody else does. No, but in all seriousness, like just your warmth and your welcoming and your enthusiasm for this community and you know, the marriages of this community, I am extraordinarily grateful for. As I said before, you know, I've, I write about it, I'll talk about it. um, But I've never, you know, gone (laughs) public, if you will, about the importance I think it is for our community. And so I'm grateful that you did. And now I have a space where I can, you know, help amplify that and advocate for it. Yes. Well, thank you so much. It is an honor 
to be here. I'm glad to be a part of this podcast family. And I'm excited to just continue to champion these discussions because they're so, so necessary. Yeah. And fun. I, I like these conversations. Like I'm just absorbing from both of you. And, you know, both of you have been in, I would imagine you both of you have been in your marriages longer than I have with my husband. And so just to kind of take this knowledge is very fruitful. So thank you. And my husband is a type seven, in case anyone's wondering. So that is why I always feel this level of anxiety of like, wait, what are we doing now? You know, <laughs> where are we going? What? Like, yes. that is the story of my life. And and I'm a, I, I think I'm a type eight. I have to like double check this, but I am pretty like confrontational, like not in like an angry way, but I, I, I think I'm pretty communicative as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, there's probably more to that to unpack. Anyway, Bree, I know that you already mentioned how people can learn more about Military Marriage Day. Let, also let our listeners know if they do want to get hold of you directly, how can they do that? Absolutely. So my favorite place to play is Instagram. You can check me out at It's Brie Carroll. That is my personal page for the business. You can find me at B Carol Events, and that's bcarolevents.com for anyone who is interested in planning a big event like a military marriage day, a seminar <laughs> conference. That is what we do. That's what I love to do. It really brings me joy because I know the power of what can happen in a, in a room at an event. Mm -hmm. And it is my personal goal to have million person impact when it comes to events and military marriage day gets to be one of the ways that I give back in doing that. So beautiful. To be clear, her events look really fun because I do follow her on Instagram <laughs> and they all there look super fun and very sparkly. So if that's your personality, yes. Bree's the lady for you. Yeah. Yes. To all the extroverts, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Bree, you're incredible in so many ways. I know you already know that, but I think it, it's also nice to let people remind you how amazing oh, you are you. and all the incredible work that. you've done. Thank you. Yes. Oh, I love how you said that. You know how like some people are like, no, no, no. I love how you said I receive that. That's beautiful. Just all the you've you've definitely done your homework with mental health that's for sure <laughs> yes yeah with that said i want to thank our listeners so much for joining us we hope that you got a lot out of this conversation and of course jenny lynn for co-hosting with me as always if you want to get a hold of brie we'll be sure to include her contact info in the show notes as well as military marriage day and probably a laundry list of enneagram uh, resources <laughs> since we've been talking about that very heavily in our conversation and yeah i'm just really grateful to have this conversation and we hope that you enjoyed it too and with that being said Thank you so much for joining us and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Hey, thanks again for joining us at Holding Down the Fort by US Vet Wealth. Once again, I am your co-host, Jen Amos. And I'm Jenny Lynn Stroop. Thank you so much for listening to our show. If you've gotten a lot out of our conversation today, be sure to leave us a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Or you can leave us a kind LinkedIn recommendation on our LinkedIn profiles. Learn more about Holding Down the Fort by visiting holdingdownthefortpodcast.com. And there you'll also be able to find us on social media and how to contact us directly. Thank you all so much for joining us. Until next time. Oh,